Pastors Michael and Brenda Brunzo welcome you and thank you for listening to the following message. This message was recorded during a regular service at Faith Fellowship Church. The Bible tells us in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So we believe this message will encourage and strengthen you in your daily walk of faith. God bless you as you listen. Weather events and fires and shootings and murders and tragedies of every kind. If, if, if I didn't mention it, it happened, I guarantee you. And I'm not going to tell you that, <laughs> you ain't going to like this, but I'm not going to tell you that 2021 is going to be much better. I'd like to, but I'm not sure it will be. But I will say this, I am glad that 2020 is in our rearview mirrors and it's growing smaller and smaller and smaller, hallelujah. But I don't know for sure what y'all went through personally, but as Mark Hankins says, I can tell by looking at you, it ain't been good. (laughs) Some of you feel like you went through hell with gasoline pajamas on. But I'm going to tell you what, you didn't get burned, amen? You don't even smell like smoke. And some of you have been so thick, so sick, you thought you'd have to get better to die. And that's being sick. I'm telling you, some of you even had pre- uh, COVID, but praise God, you whipped it, didn't you? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, uh, you know, some of you lost your jobs or you're facing financial ruin, but I'm here to tell you it ain't over yet. Amen. Amen. Some of you lost loved ones. I'm sorry for that, but you're going to see them again. Amen. But look on the bright side. You're still standing. You're still here this morning. That says a lot. Some of you have been hurt in ways that you didn't think was possible to be hurt in such a way. Not just for the things that you suffered, but for the things that you've seen your your loved ones and your family go through and the things that they suffer. And some of you have suffered tragedies. Paddywhack, I mean, an accident where you almost lose your grandbabies and your daughter-in-law. I mean, we've suffered tragedies and Uh, We got to the place where uh, we've been stretched to the point where we can't be stretched anymore. Our faith has been stretched to the point where we feel like it's going to break, but it didn't. Your faith didn't break. You didn't break. The devil couldn't break you. Amen. You're still standing. Hallelujah. Some of you felt abandoned and forsaken that your prayers weren't even being heard. But I'm here to tell you this morning, you weren't forsaken or abandoned for one second. Your prayers are all, have all been heard. They're stored up in heaven. The answer is on the way. Sometimes it takes a little time, but God said his, his answers are yes and amen. amen. So you're waiting for a yes and amen to your prayers. Hallelujah. But I want you to realize something. And get this for sure. Had it not been for God. Some of you wouldn't be here this morning. Had it not been for God, some of you wouldn't have made it through the test and the trial that you went through in 2020. But you're here. And the fact that you're here this morning, the fact that you're there in Facebook listening to us this morning, the fact that you're still standing is a testimony of itself. Hallelujah. So cheer up. Glory to God. The past is something that we can't change. How many, how many people realize that? We can't change the past the past, but it is something that we can learn from. There's lessons in our past, and the past is helpful in the sense that it quite often will give us a peek at the future. And I'm not talking about history repeating itself. You know, everything in the Old Testament was done as examples to to us, the New Testament church. There's things we can learn from the past, from the things that Israel went through, from the things that the prophets went through, from the things that uh, people you know went through, your relatives, your, your father and your mother, there's things that we can learn from them that they went through to help us to avoid some of the things they went through so we don't have to go through them. We can learn some things from the past. Amen? So let's talk for a few minutes this morning about what lies ahead. Now, I'm not one I'm making predictions, and, you know, I don't make up little cute rhymes like 2020 is the year, or 2021 is the year of fun. No, I'm not going to say that. Amen. Uh, Turn to Numbers 13 while I'm talking. And while you're going there, I'll just catch you up on the story where we're going to pick up at it. The children of Israel were sent into the promised land. Twelve spies, one from each of the 12 tribes, 
sent into the promised land to spy out the land, to recon the land, to see what was in the land, to see if it was fortified, to see if there was woods and trees and valleys and mountains and just to get a, a strategic plan for when they were getting ready to go into the land. And uh, Moses told them, bring back some of the fruit. We want to see how fruitful the land is. And so they did exactly that. Now they've returned, and they're sitting there talking to Moses and the people, telling them what they found. And in Numbers 13, 27, it says, Then they told him and said, We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. In other words, it's everything that God said it was. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses because all they're doing is trash talking. They're talking negative. And, and Caleb realizes it. And he quieted the people before Moses and said, Hold it, hold it. Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Not just able, but well able to overcome it. But the man who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report. King James calls it an evil report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so were we in their sight. Now, I want you to know that was just 10 of the 12 spies. Two spies, Joshua and Caleb, had a positive report. Later, the Lord told them that they had a different spirit than the 10 spies that were there. And, you know, uh, Joshua even said that these people are bread for us. In other words, they're nourishment. If we go in, they're going to be nourishment for us because as we conquer them and keep on going through the land, Eating them like bread, we're going to get stronger and stronger as we go. So let us go in and let's possess the land that God has given us. But nobody would listen. But when Israel finally did cross the Jordan River some 40 years after this event, they went from their time of testing in the wilderness to their land of plenty in the promised land. And I believe the church crossed her Jordan River on the threshold of 2021, at January the 1st, or December the 31st, at midnight, shortly after midnight was the 1st of January, I believe that that was when the New Testament church crossed her Jordan into the promised land. I believe 2020 was our wilderness experience because of all the things that we went through. The Jordan River is what separated the wilderness, the, the, the land of the testing and trials, from the promised land, the land that was more than enough. But what do we believe as your pastors? We believe that 2020 was a run with the footmen to prepare the church, the church to be able to contend with the horsemen of 2021. That's why I don't, you know, I don't want to give you... Uh, a flowery prophecy about 2021 because I really believe with all my heart it's going to be tough. It's going to be rough. But I believe things are going to be accomplished in 2021 that the church has not been able to accomplish heretofore. Yes. Amen. Amen. It's going to be an exciting time for sure. And, and, you know, we believe that last year was a time of testing and positioning for the church. We believe that 2020 was at least the beginning, and we're well into it, the separation of the tares from the wheat. Amen. And we believe that Joshua and Caleb 
and the ten unbelieving spies represent the Old Testament church. And, and, uh, but a separation took place in, uh, on the wilderness side of, of Jordan, on this side of the Jordan River, before they went in. And we find ourselves in a new year, but that doesn't mean everyone crossed over. Everybody in Israel didn't cross over. As a matter of fact, God caused an entire generation to die on this side of Jordan because of unbelief and faithfulness and rebellion. So, you know, Joshua and Caleb, they wandered with them for 40-some years in the wilderness, but they eventually got to cross over, but it was with a new generation, with a new mindset, a new spirit, and a new attitude. Amen. And that's what we have to go into 2021 with. It don't make any difference what lies before us in 2021. I don't have to make predictions. As long as we go in the way that Joshua and Caleb took the new generation in, we're going to be all right. Amen. Amen. Now, the remnant church, the true church of God, we believe is represented by Joshua and Caleb in our story this morning. And while the ten unbelieving spies represent the counterfeit church, the church that went AWOL, absent without leave. I'm going to use some military terms this morning. I'll try to explain them as we go along. But my military brothers and sisters, we're going to understand this uh, in, in a deep way. But the church that went AWOL, absent without leave in 2020, they remain that way today on this side of Jordan. Amen. And the church uh, I'm talking about is the one that changed the gospel to accommodate the people and to join the ranks of the politically correct. Those that chose to build their own kingdoms rather than build God's kingdom. That's the counterfeit church. That's the church that's still on this side of the Jordan. A separation took place there at the Jordan River between the true church and the counterfeit church. Just like it took place in, when we crossed over from 20 to 21, 2021, a change took place in both the spiritual and the natural realm, just like it did when Joshua and Caleb crossed over, the remnant church. And, and uh, the church of the Old Testament entered into the promised land because they followed their commander-in-chief into the promised land. Amen. There's a promised land waiting for us, but we can't do it on our own. We can't do it by ourselves. We need to have our commander-in-chief leading the charge. Amen? And uh, God revealed the true church in the Old Testament, which was Joshua and Caleb. Uh, he revealed them from the counterfeit church, uh, the ten unbelieving faithless spies, by the position that they took concerning God. That's how he separated the wheat from the tares. That's how he separated the, the remnant church from the counterfeit church, by how they responded to God's word. God said, I have given you the land. Go in and possess it. Yes. Two obeyed that commandment. Ten didn't. That's where the separation occurred. And it's the same today. The separation occurs when you think you know better than God and you quit following him and you do your own thing. But I'm going to tell you what, you're going to do it in the old, uh, in the wilderness. You ain't going to do it in the promised land. It's not going to be tolerated. That's the same criteria that he used then and, and he will use it now and in the future. If he wants to know uh, who the true church is and who the the counterfeit church is, he's going to put you to the test through the word of God. And if you obey the word, you're, you're a part of the remnant. If you don't obey the word, you're a part of the counterfeit church. If you change the word to suit you or your people, you're a part of the counterfeit church. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, God tells us why he led Israel through the wilderness. I'm just going to recap it. You can read it on your own later. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Uh, and the reason that it was necessary for that wilderness journey. He said it was to humble them and to prove them, to see if they would keep his commandments or not. That's why they went through the wilderness. That's why you have wilderness experiences. That's why you have tests and trials. God is proving you. 
I mean, he already knows what he's going to do, but he needs to prove you to you. You don't know what you're going to do until you're up against it. And he also said that it was to show them that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God doth he live. So it's more than just bread to eat. It's more than just earthly substance. We have to live spiritually as well. And God provides that for us through the word. And we believe 2020 was a time of great testing. And the lesson that we should have learned above everything was to learn how to trust in and rely on God and God alone. Amen. Not man, not the government, not a stimulus check. I trust a lot of you got your stimulus check already. I was trying to find out a way to send it back. Amen. I ain't lying. But anyway, that's another story. <laughs> that's another story. I got to stick with the plan here today. <laughs> Amen. But we know it was a time of great testing. And, you know, we were tested to see if we would follow his guidance, whether we would obey his commandments and do his word. But the end result and the purpose of any wilderness journey or time of testing is that we learn to keep the commandments of the Lord, that we learn to trust in the Lord and, and trust in his guidance that he's going to take us to the right place at the right time, and he's going to give us the victory. And we also have to learn that he's the one that we have to fear. There are so many fears in this life, so many fears in this land. And I'm going to tell you something. Jesus said, why would you fear something that could kill you but can't kill your soul? He said, you should fear God because he can both kill you physically and kill your soul. I'm not afraid of anything except God, and I'm afraid of him in a reverential way. I'm afraid of displeasing him. Amen. I don't fear anything. And, and I don't think if you're a true child of God that you should fear anything either. Not COVID, not anything else. Amen. But a separation took place on the banks of the Jordan River that day. And a separation took place uh, on the threshold of 2021 the other night. And, and that separation that took place uh, on the Jordan with the children of Israel, the the actual separation took at least 40 years because that rebellious counterfeit church had to die off. And here it is 40 some years later, Joshua and Caleb and a new generation are crossing over and their first objective is the fortified city of Jericho. That's their first objective. That's the first battle they're going to have to fight. That's the first piece of land they're going to have to conquer. So let's pick it up here in Joshua chapter 5. Verse 13, I'm going to read in the New Living Translation. When Joshua was near the town of Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with sword in hand. Joshua went up to him and demanded. Notice Joshua didn't run. Joshua didn't get afraid. Joshua went right up to him and demanded, are you friend or foe? Are you for us or against us? But he replied, neither one. I am neither for you or against you. I am the commander of the Lord's army. And at this, Joshua fell on his face to the ground in reverence. I am at your command, Joshua said. What do you want your servant to do? And the commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did as he was told. How many knows that's a good response to God's word? Fall to the ground and say, here I am. Uh, here's your servant. What do you want me to do? And then, and then it says Joshua did as he was told. Why? Because he was military. He was a soldier. He recognized rank and authority, and he recognized his job to obey and do. There has been so much debate by Bible scholars and spiritual leaders as to who this heavenly being was. 
Some argue that it was Michael, the archangel, where others argue that it was a theophany, it was an appearance of Christ, that it was Christ that stood before Joshua. And, and I, t- I tend to believe it was Christ for a couple of reasons. First of all, the angels never received worship. You can't find one place in the Bible where an angel received worship except for Satan. But when John fell down before an angel in Revelation 22, the angel told him, See that you do not do that, for I am your fellow servant and of your brethren, the prophets, and of those who keep the words of this book. He said, Worship God. Angels don't receive worship. The heavenly being... Joshua stood before, didn't say that. He received the homage that Joshua offered when he fell to the ground. Secondly, if it were an angel, I don't think he would have told Joshua to take his sandals off because the ground wouldn't have been holy because of an angel. I believe it was the Lord that told Joshua to take his sandals off because it's the Lord that makes the ground holy, just like it was when Moses had his encounter with the burning bush He said, take your sandals off for you're standing on holy ground. That's why I believe it was Christ. And the title fits both Christ and Michael the Archangel. They are both commanders in the Lord's army. But there can only be one supreme commander, and that is Christ himself. He's the the commander of the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. Michael gets his orders from him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Excuse me. Joshua asked the Lord, are you for us or against us? It seems like a legitimate question, but because he didn't know who it was at first. But the Lord answered him and said, neither one, which I'm sure isn't the answer that Joshua expected. But when it comes to God, God don't take sides with man. God don't take sides with anybody. God is the standard. He is not a standard. He is the standard. And you take sides with him. Amen. Amen. uh, But when he said, I'm the commander of the Lord's army, Joshua recognized him and immediately fell to the ground and conceded. He said, I am at your command. What do you want your servant to do? That's a good soldier right there. There's a tremendous amount of revelation in the Lord's answer that is relevant to the church today, that is relevant to us today, because we want to know whose side the Lord is on. Are you on our side or their side? Are you for us or against us? Are you a Republican or a Democrat? Are you on the left or are you on the right? Who are you going to fight for? Are you with us or are you with them? And the answer is the same. Neither one. But the Lord's answer actually poses a question for us. And the real question that he's asking is, who are you for? Who are we for? And we're asking him to choose sides, but he's telling us that we're the ones that must choose. And this is the key for 2021 and beyond. Are you for him or against him? Because there is no in-between. Jesus said either you're for us or you're against us. Either you're against us or you're for us. There's no straddling of a fence. There's no in-between. It's one or the other. You can't be half for him and half not for him. you got to be for the whole Bible or no Bible. He's got to be Lord of all or not at all. He ain't settling for second best. He ain't competing with nobody, and he's not sharing his glory with anybody. That's where the counterfeit church has gone wrong. They feel like it's okay to compromise, and it's not okay to compromise. Jesus ain't going to tolerate a compromise. Like Pastor S said this morning, hot or cold, if you're lukewarm, I'll puke you out of my mouth. Amen. We're asking him to choose sides, and he's telling us, no, You better choose. So God is saying, are you on my side? Are you for me or against me? Because I'm the commander, not you. How many had to get get that revelation one day that he's God and you're not? He's the commander. You're not. You're a soldier. And it seems like we got it backwards because we give the Lord orders like we could boss him around. We do it all the time in prayer. Lord, 
Do this, Lord. Do that, Lord. I need you to move upon this and move upon that. Wait a minute. Who's in charge here? Who's the commander here? God is not going to take a side. We got to take his side. Follow his lead. We've been commanding the commander, and that has to stop. I'm not saying we don't pray and ask God to do things, but you pray and ask God to do things according to the word. He's not some Santa Claus that you can submit a wish list to. He is the commander of the Lord's armies. He's God Almighty. Lord, heal so-and-so, deliver so-and-so, prosper so-and-so. God, I need a job. Go find me one. I'll sit here on the sofa till you get back. No, that ain't not how it works. Lord, I told you they weren't going to like this. You see how quiet they are? No, the commander is the one who gives the orders. What's the soldier's job? To obey. It is his job to do or die. You don't question the commander. When I was in the military, anybody else that was in the military, when an order came down from on high, we didn't even know where it started, but when it come down from we called it on high, we just did it. We didn't question it. We didn't ask why. We didn't ask who sent the order. We just knew it was an order from a superior, and we did it, period. We don't question it. And if we didn't do it, there was consequences. You'd wind up in the brig or court-martial or in Article 15, but there would be a, a, some type of punishment for not obeying the orders. That's right. And that's the attitude we needed to get because we think we can argue with God, that we can reason with God. No, God said it. That settles it. It don't make any difference what you think. Amen. Amen. How about this? The commander of the Lord's army says, Soldier, by my strife, you are healed. Yes, sir. And you walk off and you walk in that healing that he commanded you to walk in. Amen. Lord, I, I, my finances in a ruin. I need, I need help with my finances. I gave you every place the sole of your foot treads. What's the soldier's job? Yes, sir. And you march off and you start treading. You start treading on the areas that you want, that you need, that you think belong to you. Don't wait for him to rain it down from heaven. Go get it for yourself. He's already given you the word. He's been crucified once. He's not going to die for you again. He's not going to take those stripes on his back for you again. It's already been done. Just obey the orders and walk it out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. I know you military people know what I'm talking about this morning. You don't tell the commander what to do. He tells you what to do. And you better do it. You have to be a doer of the word. Hallelujah. <clears throat> we want him to do everything for us because we still, we're still uh, wilderness-minded. God did everything for him in the wilderness, and we still have that mindset. Uh, you know, he led them and protected them. Pillar of cloud by day to cool them. Uh, a pillar of fire by night to keep them warm. He provided water for them from the rock quail in the east wind, manna from heaven. He provided everything that they needed. It came from heaven. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. But that mentality does not work on this side of the Jordan. It works on the old side of the Jordan, the wilderness side of the Jordan. But on the new side of the Jordan, the first thing Joshua found out was that everything that he gets now is going to be through warfare. Everything he wants now, he's going to have to conquer. Yeah. Everything he wants now, he's going to have to walk it out and take it. Yeah. God said it's already yours, yeah. but he didn't rain it down from heaven. He said, go get it. Yeah. I've given it to you. That takes faith to do that. Amen. Amen. Uh, just like when we got uh, orders in the army, whether we understood them or not, agreed with them or not, we had to have faith in where they came from. Because they knew a whole lot more than we did. Amen. Amen. Yeah. It might not have looked right. It might not have felt right. But we had to trust in the orders that we got from on high. Yeah. And that's what God is telling us we got to do on, this, on, the, on the new side of the Jordan now in the promised land. Yeah. <clears throat> Everything we acquire now is going to be by warfare. The first thing Joshua sees instead of the nurturing, provisional God of the wilderness... 
is this mighty man of, uh, of war, this God of war, this warrior standing before him. And I, I want you to know he was arrayed as a warrior. He was arrayed as the, uh, arrayed as the commander in chief. He was a, arrayed as the commander of the Lord's army. I don't know exactly what their uniform consisted of, but Joshua recognized it. Amen. And uh, in other words, it's not going to fall on you like manna anymore. You're going to have to fight and conquer it from now on. And I believe when Joshua fell on his face before the commander, now the Bible doesn't say this, but I believe that's when he received his marching orders for Jericho. Because there's nowhere else where he received any orders to march on Jericho or exactly what to do. The next thing, he shows up telling the children of Israel what they were going to do. I believe that he got the, the battle plans from the commander that day. I believe that he got the, the marching orders and the, the battle strategy that day when he bowed before the commander-in-chief. And, and he goes back and he tells Israel, we're going to march around Jericho... And uh, which is our objective seven times. And, and uh, now here's something one of the God's prophets said about the Jericho march. Uh, this was Lance Wallnow, if you know him. But this is really powerful. He said, as they circled the city that day uh, and the, the days after that, they weren't allowed to talk. I don't know if this church will make it seven times around there, but it's amazing how moving in unity and circling what God wants you to do is, is paramount to breakthroughs, paramount to victories. There's three characteristics of breakthrough that will bring down the walls of your enemies every time. Number one, you move in unity. Twelve leaders, twelve tribes, twelve different ideas, twelve competing streams that all came in unity in terms of the objective, which was Jericho. A divided church is not going to accomplish what God wants to accomplish in 2021 and beyond. I'm going to tell you something, and I'm not trying to get political or anything. I don't care about a political candidate. I don't care about a party, what party you in, whose side you're on. I don't care about any of that. I just know one thing. There's a majority that has been silent for years, and they're not silent anymore. Amen. And you're starting to see them more and more every day. As hard as the, the, the news media tries to suppress it, they won't be able to suppress this majority because they're rising up and they're growing. Yes. Amen. And this is because they're getting in unity because they all have the same objective. Amen. And they're circling that objective right now. As a matter of fact, there's a miracle in the working right now that I can't mention here. Uh, if you ask me later, I'll tell you what it is. But I just can't mention it on Facebook because I'm afraid they'll shut me off. But there's a miracle in the making right now. And it's because somebody is finally getting in unity and somebody is finally voicing what God wants them to say. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But anyway, number one, we march in unity. Number two, they weren't allowed to talk. Why? Because they would have lost their unity if they did. Someone would have said, you're walking too fast. You're walking too slow. My feet hurt. I'm hot. How long do we have to do this? This is stupid. What good is it walking around the city going to do? Wah, wah, wah. Say goodbye to unity. You just lost your unity. So shut up and follow the commandment. Number three, when they were allowed to talk, it was to shout with the sound of the shofars uh, that the priests were blowing in the background. It was a unified shout of agreement. They were all shouting for the same thing. They were all in agreement for the same thing. And that's when the walls fell down. And remember this above anything else. The walls fell after the shout. 
The, they didn't shout after the walls fell. That's what the Old Testament church wants to do. That's what the counterfeit church wants to do, is wait for the walls to fall, wait for the miracle, wait for the healing before they start shouting and praising God. But that's not faith. Faith is when you can shout before you're healed. You can shout before the check comes. You can shout before the miracle or the breakthrough happens. And that's the church of 2021. That's what you better start marching around. Hallelujah. So what was our test in 2020? I alluded to it a little bit earlier. It was to see if we were on God's side, not to see whose side he was on. And I don't know about you, but it's abundantly clear to me who's on his side and who isn't. Uh, and it was I, I determined it the same way that God determined it through their obedience to the word. How did they react to the word? How did they react to the commander? Did they vary from the commandments? Did they do it a, a different way? Did they do it their way rather than his way? And for the most part, most of them went AWOL. They're absent without leave. So uh, the test that I believe we went through is to see if we're willing to fight for our inheritance by warfare rather than intercede and get on our knees and beg God to make it happen without our help. That don't get it anymore. That's the wilderness mentality. We have to stop praying for ways to get out of our tests and trials. James said to pray for wisdom to get you through the test and trial. In other words, pray for a battle strategy. Pray for the commander's plans. Pray for the commander's orders to come down so you know how to uh, get the victory that you need, not how to weasel out of it. We're not weaseling out of it anymore. That's, good. That's what's going to separate the remnant church from the counterfeit church. In other words, we need something that's going to help us conquer our enemies. So quit asking God to take your side. It's time to determine whose side you're on. Uh, and if not, then let me ask you what's holding you back. Is it a sinful pleasure that's holding you back? Is it a sinful pleasure or a worldly pleasure or a worldly comfort that keeps you from siding with God? Because you know in the presence of God, he's going to read your mail. He's going to convict you. So rather than get on God's side, you stay off in the distance. You follow from afar off like the ten lepers did. You follow from afar off like John did when the Lord was being taken through the Passion Week. You're either on his side or you ain't. Amen. Amen. I mean, what is it that's going to keep you from taking his side? A little weed? A little sip? A little peek on the computer? What is it that's, going to, what is it that's so, more, so much more important uh, that, that it would keep you from taking the side of the Lord. What kind of temporal, flash-in-the-pan, vapor of pleasure are you comparing with eternity? Whatever it is, I'm telling you now, it's not worth it. Get in your place where you belong. Fulfill God's will for your life. I mean, Christians are pray praying for comfort and peace and prosperity in times of trouble when they should be praying for battle plans and battle strategies and praying for the orders to come down from above. I can't tell you the times that we laid in muddy fields and just waited for the orders to come to do something, go forward, go backwards, or go to sleep. But we were waiting for orders to come down. And it's a, it's a terrible thing to be waiting for that because you don't know where you're at. You're going to be in limbo. We don't have to be like that. Face that battle. Get your battle plans. Get your battle strategies and go in and conquer it. Hallelujah. I don't care what it is. What kind of sin it is. It's bread for you. We should be praying for a King David warrior spirit. A Deborah spirit, an Esther spirit. We should be praying for a Nehemiah spirit. Nehemiah is building God's kingdom with a hammer in one hand and a sword in the other hand. Why? Because he's willing to fight and defend what he's building. 
Are we willing to fight and defend what, what God is building in this land? Yes. You better get ready. Because it's coming. I'm going to ask you a question. Don't even answer it out loud. Just look straight ahead and smile. And nobody know that I'm talking about you. But how many of you have written your congressmen and women? How many of you have sent a few bucks to, to the campaign? I'm not mentioning no sides. I'm not mentioning Republicans. Or, but if, if, if you believe in the cause and you're willing to fight for it, then you need to do something about it. Even if it's just write a letter, you'd be surprised how powerful that is. This miracle is taking place right now is because the church started unifying and they started contacting their state representatives and their, their federal representative, national representative, and they're making noise now. The shout is already going up and they are responding to it. I'm telling you they are. Hallelujah. It's time for every God-fearing man and woman to stand up and take his side. That's right. The church should be coming against the forces of evil rather than sitting in a corner waiting for and expecting God to do everything. That's right. We think our only job is to pray and leave everything up to God. Case arise, hurrah, whatever will be, will be. James said faith without works or corresponding action is dead. Faith is dead unless you do something with it. It's inoperative. Uh, if faith with corresponding action is dead, then so is every prayer that you ever prayed in faith. Amen. Selah. You can't pray for a job, then lay on the sofa and watch TV. Get your butt out there and pound the bricks, buddy. Get some resumes in. Ask some questions. Make some phone calls. Visit some companies in person. That's putting works to your faith. This is a time where it seems like people are looking to church leaders and prophets for predictions. That's all you see on Facebook. This one said this is going to happen. This one said that's going to happen. What's going to happen in the new year? And I'm not sure you're going to hear uh, uh, a lot of different ones. Or I'm sure you're going to hear a lot of different ones. But Mario Morello said this the other day on his blog. Instead of waiting for something to happen, go after God and make it happen yourself. We're not telling you who to listen to or what to believe. But Pastor Red was right on it this morning. I'm telling you, seven churches in Revelation, seven pastors, seven different messages. You might listen to Pastor so-and-so on the Internet, and he might have a good word, but that word is not for you. The word for you is going to come from your pastor. That's the word that's going to be alive and energized and quick and powerful. And I'm not saying not to listen to other pastors. I listen to them myself. But I am careful who I listen to. And I'm careful what I hear. Jesus said, let him who has ears hear. But then he also said, take heed to what you're hearing. It's up to you. God gave you discernment. That's your job to discern what you're hearing. But, you know... We're, just like you, we're happy 2020 is behind us, but we also believe that the things that transpired in 2020, they didn't end at the, at the threshold. They didn't end at the Jordan River. They crossed with us. It ain't over yet. The battle's not done. The battle lines are drawn, but the battle hasn't been fought. And we'd like to tell you that 2021 is going to be filled with hearts and flowers. 2021, the year of fun. Hallelujah. But we can't. We can tell you this. God said that he's going to show up and he's going to show up strong in 2021. Uh, you might not find it particularly in those words in the Bible or anything like that. But if you've got your finger on the pulse of this nation you know God is ready to break through. And I'm telling you, I told you a couple weeks ago, I don't know what it is, but I feel this excitement in my spirit. I can't put my finger on it, but I got my finger on the pulse. I know God is getting ready to do something big. God is going to show up strong in this nation. There's been too many prayers going up. And now we're circling the city. Hallelujah. And we're getting ready to shout. But here's what Daniel said. 
The people that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Not only is God going to be strong, but those that are at his side are going to be strong, and they're going to do exploits. It didn't say God is going to do the exploits. He said his people are going to do the exploits. But whatever transpires in this year, we can and will have victory as long as we stay close to God, stay on his side, keep his word. And, and you know, you might say, how can I say that with everything that's going on around us? And that's the key. It's going on around you. It's going on around you. Egypt was experienced, you know, the ten plagues, terrible plagues, uh, because they mistreated God's people. Plagues were coming because they mistreated God's people. But none of those plagues ever touched Goshen, where God's people were living. When it was dark in Egypt, there was light in Goshen. When there was frogs in Egypt, there was none in Goshen, unless they were eating frog legs, I don't know. Uh, When there was uh, ticks and what they call hoof and mouth disease in Egypt, their cattle was fine. Why? God's people called out from among them, separated. How did we know they were separated? Because they were on God's side. It wasn't that God was on their side. God can't choose sides. Like I said, he is the standard. You either side with him or you side with the enemy. There's no in between. Uh, Here's Psalm 91.10. There shall no evil befall you, neither shall any plague come nigh your dwelling. That's exactly what God was talking about. It was all around them. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff comfort me. No, I am with you. I'm walking with you, Lord. You're not following after me. You're not following after my crazy ways. I have to quit my crazy ways and start following you. Draw nigh unto God and he shall draw nigh unto you. It was written in that order for a reason. You don't draw nigh to him. He's not drawing nigh to you. I know that's knocking over spiritual cows this morning, but I'm going to give you the truth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Keep your focus on God. What's our prediction for 2021? I predict that we're going to keep our focus on God. We're going to, we're going to be on God's side. We're going to be at God's side because that's where the action is going to be. And, and like I said, a miracle's already taking place. Uh, it's in the making right now. And, and the enemy's not going to like it. But we can also say that it doesn't make any difference what happens as long as we follow the lead of our commander. It's not our job to figure out where we're going or how we're going to conquer the enemy. That's his job. And our job is to get the orders from him, get the marching orders, the battle strategy, and march off and do it. Amen? Amen. And so that's what, that's what we, we predict for 2021. If you, do, if you do that, if you stay at his side, you obey his commandments, I'll guarantee you 2021 is going to be a good year for you. Amen. Amen. It may not be a good year for everybody around you, but it'll be a good year for you. That's right. and, and, you know, it doesn't make any difference what happens as long as we're close to him. Yes. We're excited about what God has planned for us and where he's taken us, not only as individuals, but also as a church. Yes. And we can and we will do this together. And we're not just going to hold the line anymore. It's like Pastor Rest said the other day when we were talking about this stuff. It's time to push back the kingdom of darkness. Not just just hold our our land and not just hold our line. It's time to push back and take some new territory in 2021. You know, Jesus said, occupy till I come. What does that mean? Sit around and twiddle your thumbs? No, it means to go in and conquer the land. It means to, and after you conquer it, you occupy it till I come. Because when I come back, I want it to still be in our possession. Hallelujah. Amen. 
<coughs> well, I got to close it here. <laughs> but listen, God bless you. I got to quit here because I got to do something else after we sign off here. But we love each and every one of you. I hope you know that by now. And we know that you love us. Uh, we can tell. I mean, that's something that you can see and feel. And we look forward to serving with you and serving, or serving you and serving with you in 2021. And I believe 2021 is going to be a good year because I'm following his lead. And if you follow my lead, or you can just get me and follow his lead, it don't make any difference to me. But I'm going to tell you what he's saying. Amen. I'm going to tell you what the strategy is. I'm going to tell you what the Bible plans are. I'm going to tell you where the lines are drawn and where they're not drawn. I'm going to tell you the territory you need to go in and conquer and the territories you need to stay out of. And I don't care what you think. That's my job. Amen. I remember it was our top sergeant's job, the first sergeant of every platoon, to keep you out of trouble. And, and I remember he used to send, I was, I was one of them, they called it courtesy patrol. And, and we went in before the MPs did. And we'd go into town and we'd roam the bars and the honky-tonks and pick out drunken soldiers that are about to have a visit with an MP. And we'd drag them out and take them back to the barracks before they got arrested uh, by the MPs or the local authorities. And so that's what I'm going to be. I'm going to be, I'm going to start out courtesy patrol. But, you know, a lot of times they were too drunk to listen to me or, or, or listen to our warning. We're trying to help them. And they're saying, get out of here. Leave us alone. Mind your own business and that. And, and we couldn't force them. We couldn't force them into the Jeep to take them back, you know. But every time, without fail, the MPs would come along and they get knocked in the head, handcuffed, and thrown in the back of the Jeep. I could have saved them all that trouble. I don't want to see you get knocked in the head, handcuffed, and thrown in the devil's Jeep. As a courtesy, I'm going to come tell you beforehand that the devil's about to come. The devil's MPs are about to come and get you. But if you listen to me, I'm going to get you out of this jam. Amen? Hallelujah. God bless you. We love you and appreciate you, Facebook family. We'll see you Wednesday. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening. We pray that it's been a blessing to you. For more information about FFC or its ministries, please contact the church office. God bless you, and remember, Jesus is Lord.